It's another great week here on Brit David Podcast as we continue in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42, with a message entitled, One Necessary Thing. What would you do if Jesus dropped by your house? Would you quickly clean up? Would you change your clothes? Would you cook for him? Or maybe order in? Would you invite your neighbors? Would you turn off the TV, the computer, your phone? Would you get up and go to the other room? What if he brought his 12 closest friends with him? In our passage today, we see Martha welcoming Jesus into her home and attempting to be the hostess with the mostest. But it all comes down to one necessary thing. Here's Pastor Tim. And you may be seated. Thank you very much. To Jessica and to Natalie, thank you so much for leading us today. I want you to take your Bible, turn with me one more time to Luke chapter number 10. Luke chapter 10 is where we're going to be today. While you turn to that, let me ask you some questions today. Let me ask you this. What is one thing that you want God to do in your life? What is, what is one thing that you want God to do in your family? What is, what is one thing that you want God to do in this church? Let me ask you it this way. What is one thing God wants you to do? What is one thing that is so easily besetting you from doing what God wants you to do? What is one thing that you need to do today? Knowing the one thing is important, isn't it? There's no other thing except for the one thing. So it's important that you know what the one thing is. And the Bible speaks directly about those. It says in the book of Psalms, One thing I have desired of the Lord, and that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in His temple. Paul writes about his own life, and he says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, laying aside those things that are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. In John chapter number 9, Jesus healed a blind man. The blind man is defending what has happened in his life, and he says this about Jesus. He says, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I do know, I was blind, and now I can see. What's the one thing that you can say about the Lord? What's the one thing that you can say about what He's done in your life? At the end of our passage today, Jesus is going to say, one thing is needed. And then He's going to say, Mary has chosen that good part. So as we work our way through this passage today and see this one thing, I want you to choose the good part. I want you to make good choices today in what God is doing in your life and what you are doing even to serve Him. Let's read our passage together. Are you there? Luke chapter number 10. We pick up our reading today in verse number 38. The Bible says, Now it happened... 
as they went, that's Jesus and his disciples, that Jesus entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. As we look through this passage today, we do get down to verse number 42 where he talks about the one thing, but we've got a long way to go to get there. There are a number of one things, really, before you get down to the one thing in verse number 42. Let me share those with you. First, one thing we need is a spiritual appetite. One thing that we need is a spiritual appetite. So many times when we read this particular passage, we commend Mary and we condemn Martha. You know, Mary's the good one. Mary, Mary is there at the feet of Jesus, and she's learning, and she's listening. And, and Martha, she's the bad one because she's stuck in the kitchen, and she's working while she ought to be worshiping. That may not exactly be what's going on here. I think it is true that Mary has a spiritual appetite. I do think that's why you find her sitting there at the feet of Jesus, listening and learning, and specifically it says that she heard His Word. That's what she's interested in. She's not just interested in learning about what somebody else has to say about Jesus. She's not just interested in reading something about Jesus. She wants to hear from Jesus herself. She wants to hear His Word. Word. Let me tell you this. As you try to develop a spiritual appetite in your own life, it's always going to center around His Word. His Word is what's going to fill your appetite. His Word is what's going to fuel your appetite. His Word is what's going to keep your appetite from diminishing. It is His Word that you begin to long for. We say like the, like the deer that's by the water brooks. So my soul longs after thee. We talk about a hungering and a thirsting for righteousness and for the things of God. Well, that's what we find here. And so many times we say, well, Mary had it, but Martha didn't have it. I, I want to show you, I think Martha did have it. Notice where we are. Go back to verse number 38 for just a moment. Where has Jesus come that day? It says that there's a certain woman named Martha who welcomed him into her house. Now we know that Mary and Martha and Lazarus are all siblings, and sometimes we get the idea that they all live together. I don't think they live together, unless, unless Martha's just simply the oldest one. This isn't Lazarus's house. It's not even Mary's house. This is Martha's house. And Jesus has been welcomed there. The word that Luke uses for welcomed is a word that insinuates that he has, that, that she has already issued an invitation. That Jesus doesn't just show up. You know, hey, <laughs> Martha, hey, me and the boys are in town today. 
You know, we just happen to be here. You got anything that you can fix for us? It's not what he does. Jesus doesn't barge into your life. So he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anybody will hear my voice and will open the door, I will come in and we'll have fellowship with him and he with me. Jesus doesn't barge into your life. Jesus is invited into your life. He is invited into your circumstances. He is invited into our presence. Jesus comes by invitation, and it is Martha who has invited him. It is Martha who has welcomed him. Martha has a spiritual appetite. She wants to learn from Jesus. She wants to hear from Jesus, and she is using her own spiritual gifts in order to welcome him. Let me say this about a spiritual appetite. It is very different than your physical appetite. Before this service is over, and it might have already started, some of you got stomachs that are already grumbling. Before long, it's gonna, it's gonna, they're going to be a, a little chorus of those things. You know, they're going to move throughout the, throughout the sanctuary today. You know, well, listen, if you're hungry, I mean, you are really hungry, and you go to your favorite restaurant, and you order your favorite meal, and you order dessert right on top of that, you know, before, the, before that meal's just about over with, you push yourself away from the table, you say, I am so full. <laughs> that got the amen. I am, I am so, I am so full. Now, where's your hunger? It's gone, isn't it? It's gone. It's been replaced by what you fed it. But now, if you're sitting here today and you're hungry, I mean really hungry, and you don't have anything to eat, and you don't go to lunch, and you don't do, you know, what's going to happen to your hunger? Man, it is going to grow and grow and grow to the point that you become desperate for something to eat, right? It's not how it happens in your spirit. If you have a spiritual hunger inside, if you neglect that hunger, you're not going to get hungrier for the things of God. It's going to dissipate. You're going to find now that you're more concerned about the things of the world, the things of the flesh, the things that are secular, the things that, that just about your own life. Those are the things that you become concerned about. And suddenly now I find that I don't have time to get up early and read my Bible. I don't have time to spend time in prayer before the Lord. I'm too tired at the end of the day to spend time in prayer. It's just time to go to bed. Everything begins to revolve around you. But if you have a spiritual hunger, a spiritual appetite, and you feed that appetite every day, Every day you spend time in God's Word. Every day you spend time in His presence. Every day you spend time in prayer. What happens to your hunger? It grows. And it grows and it grows until you become desperate for the presence of God. You begin to recognize when you are outside of His will. And you are so ready to get right back into it. A spiritual appetite is absolutely necessary. Let me say this to you. There's some of you, you're not ready to go any farther in, that, in this message than that. That's it. Because if you don't have a spiritual appetite, nothing else that we talk about in the rest of this passage is going to matter. You have got to develop a hunger 
for the things of God. A wonder for the things of God. A desperation for the things of God. If that's where you are right now, right there in your seat, whether you bow your head and close your eyes or you don't, you, you need to face up toward the heavens and say, God, I need revival. I need you to do a work in my heart right now. I've come to church today just because it's the thing to do. Now I recognize that I get to meet with you. The eternal God who spoke the worlds into existence. I'm in your presence. The one who saved me and who gave his life for me. I'm with you. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. One thing we need is a spiritual appetite. Secondly, one thing we need is a servant's attitude. One thing we need is a servant's attitude. Again, we make another supposition. We come to this passage, we suppose that, 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 that Mary is only concerned with worship. And Martha's the one who's concerned with service. As if, you know, as, as if those things are, are, are somehow not connected to one another. I mean, Martha obviously has a servant's heart. You know, we find her there in the kitchen, working hard, you know, I mean, just working herself to death, try to be the hostess with the mostess. You know, she wants to take care of her guest, and she wants things to be just exactly right. She's serving the Lord. Remember, she's, she invited him in, and now she's serving him. Now she is working towards him, working for him. She's working herself to death just to make sure that she's serving. In fact, there in verse number 40, look at this word. She says there was much serving going on. I mean, she's, she's doing it, isn't she? There's nothing wrong with serving. There's, there's nothing wrong with much serving. Unless it leads you in the wrong direction. You see, my service is based on a spiritual appetite. Because I, because I long for God and I long for the things of God that is natural, it's supernatural in me than to, to long to serve God and to work for Him and use the gifts and the talents, the abilities that God's given to me to do something for this one who loves me so much. Mary and Martha are both in that category. You say, well, Mary's not. Mary's not serving. We see her sitting at Jesus' feet, just listening. Yeah, but you, you missed one of the phrases. You missed what Martha has to say to Jesus. Look at it in the middle of verse number 40. Where Martha speaks and she says, Lord, do you not care? Look at this phrase. That my sister has left me to serve alone. What's that tell you? It tells me that Mary was in there with her. Mary was right in there serving. Serving right alongside, rubbing elbows with Martha as they both worked in the kitchen. Maybe they're cooking, maybe they're cleaning, maybe they're doing something to prepare for their host, but both of them are working together. And at some point then, Martha, I mean Mary leaves. She leaves the kitchen, leaves Martha in there working, and she goes to sit out there with Jesus. Listen, this is a great cycle. 
if you have a spiritual appetite and you want to you want to love God because He loves you. You want to serve Him. What's that lead you to do? It leads you to serve Him, right? You begin to serve Him. As you serve Him, then you begin to love Him. You begin to adore Him even more. Your service then leads you to what? It leads you right back to worship. And then as you worship, it leads you right back to wanting to do for Him. Over and over and over again, there's worship and there's service. There's service and there's worship. They're not mutually exclusive. Instead, one leads right to the other. We need a servant's attitude. Be that of Martha, be that of Mary. Join us tomorrow as Pastor Tim continues his message from Luke chapter 10, Verses 38 through 42, entitled, One Necessary Thing. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is churchoffice at brittdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David Podcast.